Anderson County with God Time here on The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You are with Lyle and with Angela all the way from Michigan. We always enjoy it when Angela joins us here on The Breakfast Show. All right, time for our Bible study. Quick reminder before we get into our Bible study, you should grab the uh, app. This is the best way to listen to Faith FM Radio. That's how Angela listens to Faith FM Radio all the way in Michigan, isn't it, Angela? It is, and I, I do try to listen to it when I can, and my parents even still listen to it when they can. There you go, all the way over there in Michigan. And what time of day does it come on in Michigan at the moment? Because you guys are not, what? you guys are still on daylight saving. We've just gone on to daylight saving. You're about to go out of daylight saving. Um, yeah, so that you means- guys are all confused. We were 14 hours apart. Now I'm 15 hours behind you. So now it's five o'clock Tuesday evening. Well, that's kind of, you, ha- you, you have a drive show. Yes. See, we have it worked a- out very well. My parents could listen to it when they got home from work. So it's actually the timing of it is ideal. To it's be perfect. Honest. So you need to you need to be joining us here on Faith Faith FM more often then because this is like the perfect time of day. You don't even you can sleep in and still do breakfast radio. Yes, except for now I work at a boring academy, which means <laughs> goes from seven twenty is my first class and I teach till five and then I have rec duty and meetings and supper and I have another meeting after actually in one hour from now. So welcome to boring academy life. <laughs> well you do have knee surgery coming off, so you will be able to listen to us for a couple of weeks there. Oh, that's going to be so much. Oh, good. I have something to look forward to. That will be nice. Yes, as I sit in a chair for two weeks. Can you imagine? <laughs> just a, just a, just a, uh, a tad of sarcasm dripping off the end of your tongue there, Angela. Oh, uh, you have no idea about the personal life journey I've been on in the last five weeks, especially when they hit you with this ridiculous hardball that says, yes, recovery will be nine months. I'm like, are you kidding me? The only thing I know that takes nine months is preparing for a baby, not like a normal leg. Yeah, it'd be, it would be worth it would be worth the discomfort and the pain if there was going to be a baby at the end of it. But there's just a normal leg to <laughs> just back to normality. Just back it will be good to be back to normality and we will be praying for you and praying for your recovery. Um, so please do, uh, yeah, text us in and wish and wish Angela all the best for her recovery and, and let her know that you're praying for her. We'd love to hear from you guys or, or give us a quick call. Anyway, uh, Bible study this week. Let's begin in Joshua chapter 1 and we will start in verse 7 and 8. Angela, do you have that for us there? Joshua 1 verse 7 and 8. All right, it says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Does it take more courage to obey or disobey, according to this verse right here? Mm, Particularly that first it, line there. It, um, it says to be courageous that you may be able to observe it. So it is a, it's a command with a promise. It is. When, when, when it uh, talks about courage here, be strong and courageous to obey the law. Why, why do you think the Bible says, and this is just sort of coming to my mind at the moment, why does the Bible say that we should be courageous? Why does it take courage to obey? 
Wouldn't it take more courage to disobey? Sorry for butting in. Wouldn't it take more courage to disobey because when you're disobeying, you know, you're sneaking around, you're getting behind the backs of the police, you are, you know, living a, a, a disobedient life. Wouldn't that take more courage? Well, I mean, all you have to do is look around society today, look at the way we are interacting with each other, look at the way that we're talking to each other, look at what is now becoming the norm. And I think you can see quite quickly that being loving and putting other people first is going to take a lot more courage than having your opinion well known and understood by all. I think that's very well stated right there. And I think you probably couldn't have uh, summarized that um, better than what you just did. Going back to our passage, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. The Bible links obedience with success. Now, you're living in the United States at the moment where you've uh, recently had a whole bunch of civil disobedience. You probably are still having some civil disobedience in some states, I'm not sure. Oh, definitely. Every every state is different right now. Um, yeah, definitely. It's kind of disappeared a little bit out of the news over here because we got bored of hearing about it. But people that are promoting civil disobedience right now, particularly in the United States, and we, you know we've had uh, one or two occasions of it here in Australia as well. We had one a couple of days ago that uh, you know were banned from protesting because of COVID and so forth, and they went ahead with the protest anyway, and then some of them got locked up, uh, which is a form of civil disobedience. That's what we call it. But what I see t- here is that people are promoting civil disobedience to be a a, a path to success. The Bible says that if we're going to be successful wherever we go, we need to be obedient to God. What's what's going on here? And is, is civil disobedience, you know, particularly what you are observing there in the States at the moment, is it really bringing success? Well, you know, it depends how you define success, right? Because to some people, disobeying civil um, laws has gotten them a free pair of shoes, right? As they've jumped into malls, um, it's gotten them this feeling of I can say and finally justify all the hurt that I've kept caged in for a while. And You know, maybe it looks like they're being successful, but you wonder if that's really dealing with the core issue that's at the root of their hearts. Um, And I think that's really what's going on here is there's just a lot of hurt in America, a lot of hurt. And it's being expressed very violently right now. But unfortunately, I don't think the people doing it is I don't think they're walking away feeling much better about themselves or about life. They're just feeding the, the, the wolf that's growing inside of them. So stealing a new pair of shoes from a shop that you broke into because it's an expression of pain is not actually dealing with what caused that pain in the first place. That's what you're saying? Yeah, it's just kind of masking it and just, you know, um, just acting out instead of actually questioning, you know, why do I feel this way and what can I do to heal the pain and move on in a way that um, brings and love and peace to future generations instead of just I'm going to get back at those people who've hurt me, you know. Mm. Angela, one of our listeners has texted in, says, praying for Angela, a great time to catch up with your reading. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's true. It's my plan. <laughs> so you've got a list of books that you've set aside for um, for knee surgery recovery? I do. I do. I'm going to finish Christ's object lessons. <laughs> there you go. Great start right there. Of course, we're offering that for free today to anybody who can answer the quiz. Um, so a couple of other text messages. I was supposed to get to these straight after the news and forgot about them. But anyway, um, this one was in relationship to the story that we had uh, about what was happening. You know, We were chatting earlier about America and the fun country that you live in right now. It's Definitely entertaining for the rest of the world to watch, but you know it's a bit sad at the same time to see such a great country that is struggling with so many things. Um, no matter what happens in America, God's will will be done. That is what keeps me sane. And mm. I think that uh, this person here has raised a really, really good point, um, some words of encouragement. Um, and, yeah, we know that you would love to be back here in Australia uh, on Faith FM Breakfast Show every morning, and we would love to have you here, of course. But uh, that's not about to happen with the way COVID is, etc. cetera. Um, we've got some more text messages. We're going to come back to them in just a second. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so this one came in in relationship to the situation in uh, Western Australia where, you know, People are openly discriminating on the basis of religion. The government is openly discriminating on the basis of religion. We spoke about that earlier in the show. You can catch it on the podcast if, uh, if you missed it. Uh, but somebody wanted to say, no one gets away with anything. God will judge rightly. The Book of Remembrance is open and they will have to answer to what they have done. Very true. Sadly, a lot of people that don't actually recognize the existence of God and so they're not really concerned about that. That's something that we all should be concerned about because it is the reality for all of us, but for a lot of people, it's kind of not. Okay, where were we up to? We were in Joshua chapter 1. The Bible says, Keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. We have an attitude in society in which obedience has become a bit of a dirty word. Mm. And I kind of question, one of the questions that goes through my mind is, has this attitude come about because we've had an attitude within Christianity that has been a very, very strong reaction against Salvation by works, which is a good thing. Salvation by works is not something that we should be following. And in that reaction, we've kind of gone to the other extreme and made obedience into a dirty word. And so by nailing the Ten Commandments to the cross and making obedience a dirty word, it then almost subconsciously glorifies a level of disobedience. What are your thoughts on that, Angela? You know, I used to really um, struggle with also feeling this weight of obedience. To me, um, it was this unattainable bar, right? And so it wasn't so much that I felt like it was, you know, ridiculous that I shouldn't obey because that was done away with at the cross. My big heavy burden was if I focused on the fact that I was always supposed to be this certain way, it was a bar that I was never able to obtain. So you focused on the bar rather than focusing on Jesus then. Would that be right? Yeah. Yeah, which is, I think, sadly, what we've done with that whole philosophy of it was nailed at the cross is we forgot what 
exactly was Jesus' whole purpose of coming down here. And he was coming to put into flesh what he has been talking about all through the Old Testament, which is the fact of his government is love. And so Jesus was here to walk on earth to show us what that love looked like, not redefine his government, but show you in human-like form what he's been trying to show them for thousands of years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key to it right there is that Satan wants to keep us away as far as far as possible away from the love of God. And mm-hmm. so he'll push us to either extreme. Uh, one extreme is the one that you mentioned, focus on the bar rather than focusing on Jesus Christ. And if you're focusing on the bar, it's always going to be above your head. In fact, mm-hmm. the closer you get to the bar, the further away it will appear. Yep. And so if that's where your focus is, then you are just going to be crushed under the weight of, um, I guess, guilt of not being able to achieve that. The other, the other extreme that you find within Christianity is like, is where it's like, okay, let's, let's not focus on the bar. Uh, that's a problem. So then, um, let's get rid of the bar altogether. There's no such thing as the law of God. Just throw it out the window. You know, and there's a saying, if you, if, you, if you sow to the wind, you'll reap the, reap the whirlwind. And I think the United States and Australia and countries like that are doing exactly that right now where we have sown to the wind. We have said, yeah, no, the bar is impossible, so therefore um, let's just nail the bar to the cross. Let's get rid of the bar altogether. Let's not have a law. Let's not have, you know, the, the Ten Commandments are done away with. And so, uh, and you can't be saved by works, which is true. Uh, and so, therefore, obedience becomes a dirty word. And so, because obedience becomes a dirty word, then disobedience doesn't become a problem. Oh, mercy. And that's just scary territory because the truth is, as we spend time with Jesus and behold him, our actions should change because, man, I am a nasty, selfish individual who needs to be beholden Jesus so he can change me, so I can look at people with more love because naturally I don't. And I think that's one thing that I, I that I actually learned from my time in Australia was every time I see the word law in the Bible, I replace it with love because that's what God's law is. It's it's meant for our, our our betterment, for us to behold a better way of life, which is the way of love. That's interesting what you say right there because uh, particularly in relationship to yourself, I know that I do this sometimes and I look at myself and I ask myself the question, what kind of a person would I be? If I wasn't a Christian, oh mercy! And every time I think about that, it actually really scares me, mm. because I see that within myself there is the potential for all kinds of evil, and it yeah. is only the influence of the Holy Spirit, the influence of Jesus Christ, and the fact that I've given my life to Jesus, and I seek to focus my life on Him, that. That's what keeps me balanced. Praise God. Yes. Um, and, you know, you have so many people in the world today that are like, oh, religion is the problem. No, no, religion is what is my, my, my religion of, you know, and, and my focus on Jesus is what is keeping me on a straight and narrow. Um, I would be a much scarier person if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. And that's not to say that, you know, I don't have my struggles. We all do. Yeah. I just praise God for what He's doing in my life, and, and I think the key here, and the thing, and the thing that you see, you, you keep coming back to, is keeping our focus on Jesus, keeping our focus on Jesus and on His character. I like what you said about taking the word "law" in the Bible and replacing it with "love," uh, 
Um, I think that's very valid because the Bible says love is fulfilling of the law. Mm-hmm. And the law is all about love. The first four commandments are about love to God. The last six are about love to each other. And if we do that, it enables us to keep our focus on Jesus Christ, which is really where it needs to be. Yes. Okay. Context of this lesson. We need to get back to the context of this lesson, which is education, something very close to your heart. How important (laughs) is obedience in the context of education? Oh, wow. Wow. Huh. You know, teaching teenagers teaches you all sorts of things. I just love it because they're at such an awesome stage of life where um, they don't want to just toe the line. They want to think outside the box and they want to know why. Um, And there is total room for that kind of exploration in my classroom, but there's still certain guidelines that make that exploration possible. Um, And if I don't help them understand that they actually can achieve more and learn more if they're willing to follow the parameters, that those parameters are actually set in place for them to gain more knowledge, then it's just a losing battle, uh, a very losing battle. (laughs) How important is obedience to success in life? You know, because, I mean, the world looks at success and the world says, okay, if you want to have success, uh, you need to have, you know, this degree or that degree. You need to be innovative. You need to be talented. You need to be a risk taker. You need to have, you know, self-reliance, all those kind of things. Um, Where does obedience come into that? And why do we not talk about obedience in relationship to success in life? Well, I think it's because we have to first start out with the definition of success. Right. Good point. Yes. Please keep going. So, you know, to to many people, especially, you know, everyone probably knows the American dream, right? Um, land, a White House with a wraparound porch, 2.5 kids, you know, quote unquote, the American dream um, is land, prosperity and all those kind of things. Um, and definitely in America, there's a big push for a college degree, Um, unfortunately, blue collared men are not looked on as highly as white collared men. You know, there's a very stringent idea and a picture of what success looks. My high school kids think that success is a 4.0 GPA, straight A's and a high score on your ACT test, which gets you good scholarships, which decides the rest of your life, period. End of the, the, no matter how much I try to tell them to think outside of that, that to them is what success is. And it has been drummed into us. I mean, it's a little bit scary when I think about that. I don't think my seven years of education would have achieved any of that. Mm. Uh, but there is more to education than just those things, and those are not bad things. No. Uh, not bad things at all. Okay, so we've got some text messages coming through that we're going to get back to in just a moment. Um, we're also going to talk about the relationship between obedience and success and God's law and success and where God's law fits into that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM positively different. You know, I learned something new over the weekend. I was watching the new uh, creation uh, movie that came out on creation.com. Fantastic presentation. Highly recommended to everybody. Um, you will have to pay for it. I got a, uh, over the weekend it was for free, but it was sensational. But they were talking about how it's not hard to, pre- to breed um, two chihuahuas starting with two wolves. You can take two wolves and it's not hard to breed two chihuahuas, right? Mm-hmm. But what is impossible is to take two chihuahuas and breed wolves. 
because in adaptation, in all the adaptation that we have in our world, there's always a loss of information. Once information is lost, you can't replace it. Mm-hmm. And so what that proves is the complete opposite of evolution because evolution says that adaptation involves adding information. And so what we should see in the natural world is the complete opposite of what we actually see, which well, is interesting. incredible. Yeah. Very, very interesting point that they made amongst Too many awesome. other ones. Well, that goes back to the lesson and the fact that what do you define success? Here we think all this breeding and crossing is getting better animals maybe or better capabilities with our, our mules, you know, and what is success even in our breeding? <laughs> That's right. We're just, we're just losing information. We're just removing information yeah. from the uh, various species that can never be replaced once it is lost. I mean, haven't we done that with sheep where like sheep, have no brain anymore because we've done so much breeding with them. I didn't think sheep ever had a brain. Um, <laughs> you just created offend- them with a brain, friend. I have a, I've offended all of the sheep and all of the sheep lovers. <laughs> sheep are beautiful creatures. I love sheep. They are amazing. Um, you should be a sheep, an obedient sheep. This is right. This is, this is true. This is true. We should be sheep, not goats. Anyway, we need to get back to our Bible study, Angela. Why don't we go to uh, Revelation chapter 17? No, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17. We've got a couple of verses here from Revelation. Let's have a look at these. And then uh, some verses from Romans and James and so forth. So we're going to have a look at some different verses here uh, in relationship to obedience. All right. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, the woman here, of course, symbol of God's church. What does the Bible say that God's church does in this verse? Um, They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. All right, go to Revelation 14, verse 12. All right, Uh, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And in 22.14, the Bible says, Blessed are those that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. What's the common denominator in these verses right here? His commandments. Commandments. Mm -hmm. Keeping the law of God. Okay, so why is God's law and the keeping of God's law so central? You know, the context of this Bible study is education. Why should God's law be central to education? Because it goes back to when you divided the commandments up. Remember, the first four is honoring God and the second six uh, or the last six are um, how we treat each other. And remember when Jesus was asked what the most um, important thing is to do, and it was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That is essential to success is loving God and loving others. And that is where you find true successes in relationships. We're designed for relationships. Okay. But really, can't I just go to school and learn the three R's, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, and be really good at uh, reading, writing, and, and whatever else it might be there, become good at, at physics or chemistry or, or some other, you know, really incredible field or history or whatever it might be. Um, can I, can I, can I, just find success in life by being really, really good and getting really, really high GPAs. See, this is an American term, grade point average. I know this because I studied in America. So when you said GPA earlier, I didn't even stop to try and think to explain that to Australians because Australians don't have that system. Uh, but grade point average is basically the average of uh, of all of your 
classes. In high school, yeah. In high school, yeah. This is why in high school in the Australian system I was not afraid of getting an F in music because we don't have a GPA. It was just going to be an F in music. I was going to be fine in the other one, so why worry about music? I wasn't interested in music. My poor music teachers. I feel so bad. Shame. You missed out on a blessing of music. Well, going back to your question, um, I think all you have to do is just talk to anybody, interview anybody, and you can ask my students. You know, a teacher can be fantastic or they can be getting great grades, but if they don't feel loved in the dorm or if they feel like they have no friends, they don't care. You know, I had a a student just fall apart because they're just so unhappy right now. And it's not because they're being unsuccessful in their schoolwork. It's because they don't, they don't have friendships. You know, you talk to an old person who's on their deathbed and do they regret that they didn't read more, more books or, or write something? No, they regret how they treated their family members or how they didn't reach out to so-and-so, you know, when it comes down to the core issue, people are always upset about how they treated people. Yeah, and I think this is a really good point, you know, and sometimes you can see somebody who is, um, you know, maybe on an Asperger's spectrum or something like that, which is inc- who is incredibly intelligent, but struggles to experience or to share love. And when you say the law of God is all about love, if you take love out of the equation, it can make life incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging. And it doesn't matter how much you um, understand about science or maths or English or history or whatever it might be, your chosen field. If you can't relate to other people, it really holds you back from the success that you could have. And going back to like what true education um, another way of defining true education, I think, is the fact that you learn certain character attributes in school, right? You learn yes. determination and responsibility and stick to itness when you don't feel like it. Um, you learn to push yourself. You learn to think in different ways than the way you're always prone to think. So we can relate to each other. You know, maybe someday you're going to have a really awesome conversation with somebody on an airplane because you study a little bit of history. You know, those are really a way of connecting with people to understand things. I think you've really hit the nail on the head because it shows that there are a lot of different forms of education, a lot of different forms of success. And if we can master, you know, these things, it really begins with the law of God and obedience to the law of God and love for each other. We can master life and education is all about mastering life. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, so it is now time for... Question of the day. All right. The question of the day is where was the Garden of Eden and where is it now in our modern day geography? Okay. Where was the, let's start with where was the Garden of Eden before we ask where is the Garden of Eden. Uh, the, the Garden of Eden used to be in Australia. Oh. <laughs> Well, then, like, no offense, is it the whole outback? And when God took it away, he's poof, nothing's left. Yeah, kind of like that. 
Um, no, I actually, the Bible does not say where the Garden of Eden was. It doesn't give any indication as to where it previously was. Now, there are some people who say, well, you know, what about the rivers, you know, the Euphrates and the Gihon and so forth, because we have those rivers still to this day. Um, and, you know, the, the, the land of Ethiopia, it mentions the land of Ethiopia, and we have the land of Ethiopia today, etc. So wasn't it somewhere over in that particular region? Uh, the answer to that is we do not know where the Garden of Eden was. The reason I say that it was in Australia is, yeah, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek and a little bit having a little bit of fun. Um, and, you know, why else would the Garden of Eden be anywhere other than Australia? However, Angela does raise an interesting point in that most of Australia is kind of uninhabitable. I mean, it's not uninhabitable, but it's very, very sparsely inhabited because it cannot support a large population of people. And we do know that when, you know, when, when Adam and Eve sinned and God cursed the ground. And, uh, yeah, where the curse rests heaviest today is maybe where the Garden of Eden used to be back in the day. There are other places in the world that are also uninhabitable. And so um, that's, just, that's just my personal theory. Okay. Um, we do need to talk about, we do need to talk about where the Bible describes the Garden of Eden and it, um, the Bible says a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was divided and became into four rivers. And the name of the first is Pison, that surrounds the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, the land of that gold is good. Um, the name of the second is Gihon, the same is that surrounds the whole land of Ethiopia. Um, today I think we call that the Blue Nile. Uh, the name of the third river is Hittikel, that is which goes uh, toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And of course, you can travel to the Middle East and you can find the Euphrates there today. And so some people say, well, does has this have any relationship whatsoever at all to the ancient geographical location of the Garden of Eden? And the answer is no. Simply what you have here is a situation where people have taken names from the old country and added them to the new. And so just because we have some names that existed in the Garden of Eden that still exist in our world today does not mean that that's where the Garden of Eden was or is or you know anything like that. It simply means that those names have been transferred across. And this is something that human beings do. We broadcast here on The Breakfast Show from Newcastle. So that would make you kind of ask, well, where is Old Castle if this is Newcastle? Well, there is no such thing as Old Castle. But I did do a quick count, and we assume that Newcastle began the first one either in uh, the UK or Ireland, but in the UK there are eight Newcastles, just to confuse you, and if you're looking for the original one, which one is it? There is also eight of them in Ireland. Um, then you have uh, a whole bunch. You've got five of them in Canada. You've got two of them in the Caribbean. You've got two of them in South Africa. And in the United States, you have 28 Newcastles, Angela. So that's quite a few. Well, I'm not surprised. A lot of our names come from Europe. <laughs> Indeed. And, th and that's all it is. It's we're, we're, we're transferring the names from the old country to the new, which is why we have the names like Euphrates and Ethiopia and so forth that have been transferred from the old country before the flood to the new. As far as where the Garden of Eden is now, it is in heaven. That's where the tree of life is. It has been seen there. We know that it is there and we know that it will one day again be transplanted back to this earth. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH. FM.